0: Welcome to Sunday Night with the Wise Women Show on News Talk Radio CJD 800. We are Liz and Lisa, an educator and a psychotherapist, and we're also the founders of wisewomencanada.com, a website where we love to share stories that inspire, empower, inform, fascinate. Lisa, I always ask you for another word. But and what do I always you say? You always say I've i always exhausted say in, the in list. Power. <laughs> so we love sharing stories and we love telling stories, and we're going to get right off to an exciting start today with... A guest in studio with us, and you probably recognize her voice because she is a CJD star herself, and that's Cheryl Bessner, radio host, love coach, and matchmaker. She is the host of Solo in the City, which airs every Saturday night from 10 to 11. Thank you, Cheryl, for being here with us today. Welcome to
1: the show. Thank you. We're a little uh, what bit a nice starstruck. warm welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're
2: starstruck, We're eh? a little bit starstruck. Oh no, like my s-
1: goodness. We're happy I, to I, have you. Thank you so much. And I've, I, you know, we have been here at the same time uh, once before. And, and it's really nice to be on the show with you two. Fantastic. women, Power Thank women. Power,
0: Power women. women. Strong women studio. stick together. That's what we like. So, and we empower others. Absolutely. That's what we're all about. So Cheryl, you have a really interesting story. You have a very interesting career. Um, but I love your backstory about how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, it's interesting because where I am today incorporates so much of my past professional life. So, um, you know, as a coach, as a matchmaker, um, and I, I guess even somebody who speaks out a lot. I used to be in the event world, and I was in the fashion world. And when I take all these things and I put it together, and because I was very involved in the philanthropy world, I used to connect a lot of businesses with foundations and make it all work, and make it work with style and fun and um, just very social at the same time. So it comes naturally to you. Yeah. So, you know, this was something that really was born out of, um, sadly, my divorce, And I woke up one day and I didn't have any of the things that I knew in my life for 25 years and said, where do I start? And I knew I had to start with myself. I knew that I had to settle things for myself, get my kids nicely settled down, um, and wasn't prepared to run out into a new relationship. But at the same time, I had people saying to me, you know, you're not getting any younger. You should make it your business to meet somebody new. And then there was always, you know what, you're not that young. It's not going to be so simple. There's no good men out there. And, um, you know, you're going to probably lose a lot of your friends because people are always worried about the single woman. And I just said, that is not going to happen. Love that, I that love you had that, that
0: insight to I, say uh, that about yourself.
1: I Well, it's not only about myself. It's just the way I wanted to experience my life. And the one thing I knew for sure was I was not going to lose my friends. And I had been you know seen so many times where that did happen and um, right because there's a divorce and you have to pick your side right well you have to pick your side and then you know a lot of women had said to me well you know you become like a the third th- wheel the third wheel or the threat in the some threat. cases sure and I said I'm not going to become a threat people are going to know that I am their friend first and foremost and I was never the third wheel and maybe that became something through my connection with my friends and I will say and I will do this as a big shout out to all my friends. Um, The couples kept me going. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of very good friends in my life. And what happened was they were inviting me out on weekends, on Saturday nights. And the flip side of that is being comfortable with yourself to go out with
2: two or three couples and not everybody's comfortable with that right off the bat. In my private practice, that's what I see a lot. Clients who are newly divorced will come in and they'll say, firstly, I'm never going to meet anyone else. So they already have this fear of being alone. And they also say, you know what, I don't feel like going out and watching happy couples, um, you know, demonstrate their love to each other. And I'm on my own. And I I always try to push them to say, you know what, don't isolate yourself. If you're Friends want you to come, go, enjoy, go out as a group of friends. You don't have to see it as couples. See it as a group of friends going out.
1: A hundred percent. I and I agree with you, and that's kind of the attitude that I had. And and like you said, it comes from fear. And um, I actually uh, wrote a story that was published in a book, uh, a short story, and it was called "The Fear of Flying Solo." And I kind of likened it to getting on to an airplane and taking off to you know paradise and having a crash landing, and. Um, I chose I was going to save my kids and myself and knowing that my ex-husband was going to be okay too and then I said how do I want to live and I want to live it from a positive way and that's one of the things that I work with you know my clients is always saying you're not going to live a positive life from a negative attitude so you got to kind of charge through that fear and you have to make a place for yourself.
0: You're listening to The Wise Women Show, and we have in studio with us today Cheryl Besner, who is also a radio host here on CJD. She is host of Solo in the City. She is a love coach and a matchmaker. And if you have a question or a comment for Cheryl, you can text us at 514-800 or call at 514-790-0800. So was it difficult for you to be in that positive headspace? Was it, a, was it work? Did you have to get therapy, talk to yourself, or did it just come naturally to you? You knew this was the direction you wanted to take.
1: Um, Well, I think, I think I've always lived my life from a very positive way. and, And I only really know that now, like after I've done all the work, because yes, I had to do the work and once you do that work and you start, you start realizing that what you thought were your limiting beliefs, which are the things that hold you back from doing those things, then you realize, okay, there was a reason for that. What was the reason for it? And I I stay now within that and within my show and everything that I do and when I'm working with people. Um, you'll never hear me, you know, talking badly about my ex husband, my relationship, everything that I've experienced got me here. And I really do try and stay in that very positive feeling. And that's the first thing when I work with people that I try and do.
2: We're a big believer of that, Liz. And I I mean, we talk often on the show about, you know, our past experiences are not considered negative, there may be vulnerabilities and learning from those uh, situations and kind of using them to kind of propel yourself forward. And I love what you said that it you, you worked hard, and it's, you're probably still working hard. It's a it's a work in progress, maintaining positivity and and being able to look ahead and see good things for yourself. I know that it's it takes constant work.
1: Oh, it does. And and like I said back there, I probably thought, well, I have all these different issues that I'm going with. But when I look back on it, I have always lived from a very positive perspective, and it's the way I want to live my life. And I really encourage people to try and get there. And that's the first thing, you know, people, the first thing people do when they they come to me and want to, to do coaching with me is say, well, I want a relationship. Okay, I know that everybody wants that final outcome, but... Who are you now? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you stand for? Do you know what you want in that relationship? And are you prepared to do the steps to get there? And it doesn't happen
2: overnight. Because you can only really have meet your soulmate and have true love and all these wonderful fantasy things that we look for in relationship when you really feel good about yourself and you oh, know what 100%. you want. And I love that piece. And again, when you, you're you just out of a hard relationship or a divorce, you have to do that work on yourself to figure out really what you want in this next chapter of your life. What do you want your life to look like? And once you kind of get on track with that, I guess you kind of attract the person that you're meant to be with.
1: Oh, 100%. And I, I think that it's also a matter of being very open. I mean, one thing is... So many people come and then they they say, well, I'm ready for this type of relationship. And I'm like, well, what does that look like to you? And it's not a long list of qualifications that the other person has, it's value
0: systems. Absolutely. Coming up, we're gonna be talking to Cheryl about why we should use a matchmaker and what love coaching (laughs) actually entails. We hope you're enjoying your Sunday night. We are The Wise Women Show on News Talk Radio, CJD 800, with Liz and Lisa, an educator and a psychotherapist, and sharers of stories, right, Lisa? Yes. We love to share stories, and we're excited to have in studio with us today, Cheryl Besner, CJD's own host of um, Solo in the City, every Saturday night from 10 to 11. So, and in addition to being a radio host, Cheryl is a love coach and a matchmaker, which is what we wanted to talk about this segment What, Cheryl, does love coaching mean? How does that work? Uh, Well, love
1: coaching is, you know, it's a little bit different than therapy where um, a lot of therapists go, well, like yourself, you go down to the root and you find out where. Now, in my coaching experience, I go a little bit just to get some background, but get a really, feel. yeah, to get a feel for where the person is in their history to find out what their limiting beliefs are, which is, you know, the things that happened in the past that bring you where you are, that stop you from doing things that you want to do. But what I'm really doing is helping you get from where you
0: are to where you want to be, which is, in most cases, a relationship. Right. So the whole point of love coaching is to get you ready for taking that step in a relationship. That's right. To
1: become the best Dateable you, huh. you know, <laughs> the best dateable you, and what that means really for me is, you know, in in my matchmaking and and just in my heart, the, the the reason I came to this place of solo in the city is I really do think that every heart, no matter what that that body that heart is in, deserves to find a home. Yeah, you said that during right. the and I love, and that. I love but that. here's the thing. It all starts with home, sweet home. That's Mm. what we hang in our homes all the time. That's that catchphrase. And we have to know who we are inside and be strong and be confident before we can share. And we have to know what it is that we need in our lives. So I call it styling, you know, um, love styling. And it's about styling the love life you want not the one you know your parents are telling you or your friends are telling you or your kids are telling you because especially you know later in life we we do have kids often when we're back in the dating world and it's not really about everybody else especially at this stage of life this is my stage where if I'm going to choose a partner I want that partner to be for me and I want them to embrace my children and my family but
0: It's got to be for me. So you don't only work, though, with people who have been recently divorced or widowed. So it could be people who have never really been in a long-term committed relationship.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, quite a lot of my clients are people who've never been in. And I've also worked with people who are in relationships who want to change it up, switch it up, uh, reconnect with themselves and their partners so that
2: they don't get divorced in some cases. So let me ask you: If yeah. someone came to you, a, a potential client who had been married for 25 years, um, suddenly divorced, really outing, out of the dating world for many years, Yeah, what, scary. <laughs> scary and the dating world has changed tremendously in, yeah. over the last 10 years. Where would they start? What would be the first step they would take if they if they did the work on themselves, they're feeling good about themselves, and now they want to take the next step into meeting someone? where do they start?
1: Well, you know, that's a little bit about how I even got into this. You know, I started writing a blog about 365 days to find love. That That was, you know, my first step. And that was because here I was a very social person, a very confident person, a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody who is very extrovert, right? And yet, I had to think about how I wanted to put myself out there again. And I had friends saying, you know, call this matchmaker. And, and they were suggesting all different things and, and get online and get on match.com. So I don't think that there's any one specific way. The first thing, though, I will say is whether it's choosing a matchmaker, whether it's getting online, the first thing that you have to do is decide on the things that you love to do and do them because the one thing that attracts another person whether you're male or female is somebody who has a full life who knows what they want and is enjoying it has you know, passion I love has that idea. passion. Yes. you know that is like a winning magnet for somebody you know if you're if you're just there and you just want to date and you're it's it's not as attractive to the other person you know it's bringing more to
0: the table I love this idea of fulfilling yourself and your wants and your needs and taking care of you before you decide to share that you with somebody else
2: and it's so important to do that because again and we talk about this often is that if you're not feeling fulfilled you have less to give to the people around you so if you're going in one foot in one foot out you don't feel so great about yourself you're not where you want to be the quality that you're giving to your potential date or family or job is is not a hundred percent so it's so important to feel good about you and to do things i love that that you're passionate about because Mm. you'll attract other people and you'll also meet people doing these passionate activities so you know i have a client who just recently um she's a skater and she hadn't skated in like 20 years she was recently divorced and said you know what i want to take up skating so She literally had not been on skates in 25 years. She started to skate and ended up meeting someone who also skated and they met at the skating rink and had formed this wonderful relationship. And it all started because she wanted to do something that she felt was fulfilling to herself. So you never know. Your, Your next love could be just around the corner.
0: We're talking to Cheryl Besner, who's the host of Saturday Night Show, Solo in the City. You can hear her every Saturday from 10 to 11. And I have a question. I think a lot of people would be wondering about this question. How do you match people? <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder if there's like us. an algorithm, you know, because I know all these websites like, like match.com and, and, and eHarmony and solo in the and, city and solo in <laughs> the city. I,
1: I also have one. Well, that is done a lot by algorithms um, right. when it comes to online um person to person. No, it's not done by algorithms. You know, interesting when I was, uh, I, I love this story actually. um When I was for single, I was on a drive with a friend of mine, a gentleman, single at the time but dating uh, somebody and uh, he was giving me a lift and he was giving me pointers about being back in the dating world and you know the three date rule if you're not having sex by then you should not be in the relationship and like all these things and then he said you know I have somebody introduce you to and I said okay um sure he goes you want to meet somebody I said yeah of course why not and I said so tell me about the person he goes well he's single and I went Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little bit more. And I'm like And and he goes, Cheryl, he's single. Yeah. He's you like hear that a lot. He's fifty something years mm-hmm. old and he's single. Well you know, why wouldn't you just, you know, go for it? And I went, Well, I'd like to know what you think we have in common before well, I'm single. <laughs> I, and he goes, Well, you're single and I went, I think I need a little bit more than that than you know, before I take two hours out of my time to go on a date. So for me it's about finding uh, common values, you know, two people who really want the same thing in life, and, and enjoy some of the same activities and have some of the same passions. But I don't think that they have to be um, perfect on every single level, as long as they both will respect each other's individuality. And that's when you're especially at this stage of life, you've got two people coming together who potentially have children, who have potential careers, who have other um, activities and and passions that they've cultivated for 50 years, you need to find more of a common ground. And the one thing I don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to is somebody who says, um, you know, I want a man, he's got to be six foot two and thin, or a woman who's got to be, you know, Five foot six, and I like somebody a little bit more Rubenesque. I, I kind of don't even go there. I, I you really don't. no, I don't. I mean, I take it into consideration in certain elements, but I really go for. The value and the personality and the level of energy. you going deeper.
2: There's a depth yeah, to the way because, you're looking at it.
1: Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't really know what they need in a relationship. I think they have a list of what they want. And sometimes what we want is not what we need.
2: And also, you know, sometimes the exterior there, it's, it's sometimes being a bit superficial to look at just someone's looks without going deeper. So I love that you take into consideration possibly the looks of the type of person they're attracted to but you're really looking at the value system and who they are and what makes them tick and finding that that commonality between them because which, ultimately that's what sustains a relationship well that's what that's a right. relationship together for sure yeah,
1: yeah the values the communication um you know when it comes down to it the relationship is going to evolve through communication and, and, and working together on something. But I think that we do place a lot of attention on some of the outward exterior things about people and relationships without getting right down to what really makes the relationship work.
0: Coming up, we're going to be talking to Cheryl about the holidays and what's a good recipe for meeting someone at this festive time of the year. Welcome back to The Wise Women Show. We are Liz and Lisa, an educator and a psychotherapist and the founders of wisewomencanada.com, a website where we love to share stories that inspire and fascinate and inform us. We're so excited to have in studio with us tonight Cheryl Besner, who is the host of CJD's Solo in the City every Saturday night from 10 to 11 p.m. And she is also a love coach and a matchmaker. And we wanted to talk this segment about dating during the holidays, because it has its particular challenges, correct? Oh, 100%. We just talked about this on last night's show, and we had so many people calling in and writing in and asking questions about all kinds of topics about that and if you have any questions about dating during the holidays or dating in general you can text us at 514-800 or give us a call at 514-790-0800 so we were talking off air about office romances i feel like this is a time of year where there are holiday parties people drink a little bit too much they get a little overly friendly
2: is this something that you see happening at least even in your private practice for sure. I mean, in my opinion, and just what I see in my private practice, dating with someone in the workplace is probably a no-no. Yep. Um, it causes <laughs> a, lot it. Of, uh, a lot of issues. And I just think people should try to stay away from that. And I know that the holidays are festive and an exciting time and with a little bit of partying and drinking, things could brew. I think people just really need to take a step back and really think before they act because it's, it's not safe.
0: Cheryl, you were saying the same thing that it's like, yeah, dangerous.
1: It's very dangerous, you know. Well, two things that in the dating world, um, you know, that are no nos: in my is dating somebody within your your office, and uh, drinking too much on a first date. And when you do these <laughs> office parties and you drink too much, you are basically drinking too much on a first date. You're so you are combining both of you're your no nos. You are combining no-nos. both of the big no nos. And I and listen, I know that a lot of people say, "Well, I met my you know spouse." the office. And it does happen. But statistically, somebody is either in very awkward living conditions within that office afterwards, or somebody's
2: without a job. And also, if it doesn't do well, and the relationship ends up breaking up, you end up having to work in very close proximity to someone that you dated. And it's a very awkward situation. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. You have to live with that in it afterwards. And and
0: it, it just doesn't normally do well. So don't do it. Number one tip for dating during the holidays, <laughs> stay away from the people in your office. Yeah. 100%. So what are some other things we can talk about in terms of dating in the holiday season? Are there particular challenges at this time of year? I think it can be a lonely time of year for singles. If Well, especially I,
1: I mean, talking from um, a perspective of where I'm coming from, and um, you know, being a love coach, you know, who's 56 years old. Yes, I do say my age and I'm proud of it. Good for okay. you. Yes. I'm looking
0: absolutely <laughs> fabulous.
1: Well, thank you. Um, so here's here's the biggest challenge. It's the first holiday. If you're coming from a divorced um, scenario, that the children are going to one person's house for Christmas or Hanukkah, or New Year's, and that first time that they walk out that door, and I know you can hear me and, and, and feel with me and for me because I feel for you when they walk out that door and you close that door and you're alone. And there's a lump oh in your throat. Oh, my God. The, no, the lump in my heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was bawling my eyes out. But here's what I suggest, and and this is the most important tip that I can give to anybody who's single. If that's, if you know it's happening, you know, all the holidays are coming. I you got, you know, the triple whammy, Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's, like, all in a row, make plans. Exactly. Make plans for half an hour after they're leaving. So, basically, you're dressed. You've got time, if you're female, to... Touch up your mascara or put on waterproof mascara before they leave <laughs> and then get yourself
2: to that party. And be proactive. If someone well, hasn't invited you, call make your party. friends make and par- say, can I come it. to you? Cheryl's saying make a party. Make a party excellent. or call someone and say, you know what? I'm sending the kids off. I'm coming to your house what time are you having me and invite yourself over don't be alone
1: that's right you know if your friends are you know if your friends are there for you they're going to welcome you and and here's a way to make a party even more festive and include more people if you're there and you know that you haven't been and there are people in this city who don't have family and they don't have a lot of friends or they're new here you know there's a lot of different reasons that people are not but if you know two or three friends invite them Tell each of them to bring a friend as well. Mm. That is the way you double the fun without doing the work. And you expand your horizons. And you never know the person, you know, your girlfriend who brings, you know, Sam as her wingman. Might be the person for your other girlfriend who's at the dinner table, or might have a brother who's perfect for you. I and, love that. But and even if it's not, it's just more people at the table. It's more fun. It's 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 got a lot of diversity, and it's just about, you know, it's about being wise.
0: And this is what the show's about, right? It's wise about women. <laughs> wise. So be wise. Make be wise. Your, make your own party. Make Who your own party. I would have never thought about that. Yeah, Being your own proactive social host. And there's another thing you can do.
1: The other thing you can do is be proactive and make yourself a plan. And if it's new, like you're saying, um, my first holiday, New Year's alone, I took myself to a yoga retreat called Kripalu. And um, I went there. In the Berkshires to do my own work by yourself, by myself, and I wasn't alone. There were a lot of people around me, and it was a growing experience. So I met new people, but the most important thing was I met myself, and I went inward and I did the work, and I used that time to advance myself to you know be
0: proactive and productive for myself. You worked on yourself, and Lisa and I talk about all the time how. The first step in in being happy is working on yourself.
2: And I think also, you know, it is a hard time. Like we said before, it's some for some people the holidays are very festive; they're very exciting. And for other people, it's difficult, especially if it's your first holiday on your own. Even maybe if,
0: if it's not your first, even if it's not your first holiday on your it, own,
2: maybe you're just single and and lonely and and having a difficult time it's so important to take control of the situation and you know a lot of clients will say to me well no one includes me and no one invites me and i have no one to go to and I I try to really encourage them to kind of take control for themselves and put themselves in situations that surrounds them with people, even if they choose to volunteer, you know, find something to do during the holidays that make you feel good about yourself, throw yourself into something that just inspires you. And if you can't surround yourself with people, go and do something good for others. It it. It, the the feeling that you get is twofold. You help yourself, and you're also making a difference. We for always somebody talk else. about that—the
0: value of giving back—and how this is a might be a nice opportunity for you to give back, be social, meet other people at the same time. What a nice combination! I think that's a, a, a great option for people who are single during the holidays. So are there any specific dating pitfalls during the holidays things that people who are single should be aware of? We talked about office romances, drinking too much during the ho- during a, a first date. <laughs> well, w- one of the other things that comes up a lot is people especially at this
1: time of year who just started to date somebody. And so there awkward. you know, go.
0: <laughs> it's like what do i do do you bring right? them home do you, right. them do you home? buy them a gift do you not buy them a gift how intimate
1: and should that gift be that's right how expensive should it be am i going to look like a cheapskate am i going to be you know spending too much you know th- these are all different ones so i mean there's different ways to look at all these things so for instance if we want to talk about the gift thing well the gift thing i always tell people especially if it's new Go for what is meaningful to the person. Like, find out who that person is and show them who it is. So, for instance, if you know somebody loves gardening, well... You know, if if that woman, I'm going to say it's a woman and it's a man buying a gift, he doesn't have to go out and, and buy her a garden. He has to go out and consider buying her gardening gloves, mm-hmm. you know, with a bunch of seeds. It says, I've listened to you. It's, I just met you in
0: November, but I heard you saying oh, you love, love to love garden. That. And it's you know, not extravagant and over the top, but it's thoughtful. It's thoughtful.
2: You know, this is advice, not just for people who are newly dating. This is advice for all humans out there to... To appreciate who they're with and to buy meaningful to pay attention, I love it, I I love love that. Yeah, so,
1: so you know, the gift one as far as the holidays and bringing somebody home, um, well, there's you know, whether you've never been married, um, and this is something new, or you've been married, the important thing is you have to take each other into consideration, but you also have to take into consideration where you are within the relationship, and also your your demographics. So you know, and your religious background and your family background. So for instance, if you're dating somebody, and it's still in the casual, you know, mode, inviting them to your house can send big messages. You know, it's that subliminal message. It can mean, I can't go home without somebody on my arm. It can mean, I really, really, really like you. And I'm hoping this is going to go further. To the family, it can mean this is somebody really important in my life. And uh, we're really serious. And if you're not, you're sending the wrong message to everybody, you know, so it's a matter of when you're going home for the holidays, it's a very intimate space, you know, and how is that person going to react also? And if you care about that person, are they going to feel comfortable? They don't know anybody yet. They don't even know you well enough yet if you're only dating a few weeks. So there's many and, different and angles to it's hard to, to
2: bring someone to introduce them the first time at such a huge event. 100%. Like a Christmas party is not the time to introduce your kids to your new boyfriend or, you know, your your, your extended family. You know, if you're... This is just my opinion. If you're going to do something like that and it is serious and you want to bring them to the Christmas party, the week before, introduce your children to that <laughs> yeah. person. Warm up know. slowly. Yeah, Don't exactly. Don't just kind of bombard everyone with this new person because it makes it very, very awkward for everybody. Right.
1: A hundred percent. And it also has to do with... Um, Again, the other person, you know, how's he going to feel sitting beside you while you're talking to one person on your left while he's sitting on your right and has nobody to talk to except a total stranger on his right?
2: And if you're not sure what to do, I mean, I'm all for communication. Sit down and talk and say, listen, the holidays are coming up. What do you think we should do? How do do you feel? Do you think we should, you know, come together and go to each other's parties? Do you think we should celebrate on our own and then, you know, on the 27th have a nice dinner, the two of us? communicate and see what works best for both of you
0: coming up we're going to be talking about something important to the three of us in this room and that is the art of being positive you're listening to the wise women show with liz and lisa an educator and a psychotherapist and the founders of wisewomencanada.com a place where we love to share stories And we have a great storyteller in the studio with us today, and that's CJD's own Cheryl Besner, who is the host of Solo in the City every Saturday night from 10 to 11 o'clock. And Cheryl is radio host, love coach, and matchmaker, and we have loved hearing the details of how you got to this place in your life. And I know something very important to you, which you touched on at the beginning of the show, was how being positive is so important to you, and that's a way you've chosen to live your life.
1: Oh, 100%. And, and it's one of the things, the first things that when I'm working with somebody, um, with my clients, it's the first thing that I go to is getting them to a very positive place because, as I said, it's very hard to live a positive life from a negative attitude. And um, look, we're only here once, right? So why not live it to the max?
2: And it's so hard to move ahead in life if you're feeling negative. Yeah. You know, one of the things I see in the work that I do is when people are positive and open minded, their journey is much easier and they can hit their milestones in a much healthier way. When they're negative, they're closed off. They miss so many opportunities and so much goodness because they're so they're kind consumed, of the right? Stuff, with that
0: anger. The negativity. And and the, the bitterness. And the, yeah.
2: So it's it's, you know, if you can help clients get to that place of feeling a little bit more optimistic and positive the world's their oyster. They can do anything they want to do. I love that. You yeah. see that a lot,
0: I think, after divorces where, you know, the women or the other men are so bitter and so resentful about what they've been through, and they can't let go of that it becomes this chip on their shoulder that they wear almost proudly. Do you find you see that a lot, Cheryl, with your
1: clients? Oh, plans? 100%. 100%. And, and you know, it, it comes out in so many different ways. Look, um, I, I was telling you earlier that I've recently, you know, faced, and I face this quite often, actually, when I meet people where they say, well, you know, it's so easy for you. Um, You know, this is who you are. This is, you know, how you look. This is, you know, you have this incredible life. And I'm like, I do have a beautiful life, but my life has changed drastically from when I was married. And in the last year and a half, so many people have said, you know, you look happier than you've ever looked. And you know what, when I look back to a year and a half ago to now, I I feel that I do look happier because my headspace is happier. I'm doing something that I love and and I'm empowering myself and other people to live that positive place. And I'm trying to bring people together. But I've had a very hard year and people don't always see it. And I say always put your best face forward because the fact is when we do that, it also becomes something that we live, right? And that that sunshine is from inside out and and. That's the radiation that we project, and
2: that's what will draw people to us as well. And it's ironic that one of the hardest years of your Huge, life, you know, is one of your most positive years of your life.
1: Yes, and and it was, and and but each of those things, you know, um, when I say it was a hard year, I had to move out of my family home um, that I loved. Um, my ex-husband moved away, so I became a full-time mother. My brother died. My father died. I mean, those are huge things. And I became a radio host, which is something that I never experienced before and I had to learn. So there were a lot of different pressures. But instead of being fearful of it, I just went at it. And I just said, you know what? These are all huge things and they're traumatic, but they're happening around me. They're not happening to me. And what am I going to learn from each one of these things? And I learned something from each one of those experiences. And that is the
2: most important thing to learn from each experience. And look at them as vulnerability. And you, you spoke, Liz, about, you know, people being stuck in that dark place from divorce. It's okay to be stuck for a bit in the dark place. And to look at yourself
0: time to mourn and to grieve a yes, loss. And
2: to look at what you've lost and look at that lost dream and, and not being able to accept your new reality. And that's okay to be stuck there for a little bit. The most important piece is to be able to pick yourself back up then and say, okay, where do I go from here? And, you know, Cheryl, you're an attestation to someone who's gone through such a difficult time, and. You you ended up on the other side with a big smile on your face and such positive energy. And that's what it's all about.
1: But it hasn't been easy. And, you know, there were a lot of people when I started um, my 365 Days to Find Love who were like, you know, you're just want to you know, be out there. And So and... for people who haven't read
0: that, just give us a little <laughs> background on what that is. So
1: 365 Days to Find Love came from me trying to figure out how I was going to get Back out there again and what was best and I felt that with so many negative energies around me of people saying it's never going to happen you're not going to find there's no good man I was like well you know what I'm going to prove that wrong and when I do I'm going to show a lot of other people that if you want you can create and if and if you're open it will happen and if you're positive you will receive and that blog was about that so I basically blogged for an entire year about finding love and what everybody thought was I was out there trying to find a man and it was I was out there meeting people but I was really in search of myself and at the end of the year I remember I was on CTV and somebody said to me so did you find love and I went yeah I found me and Mm -hmm. I found a whole new passion and I found something I love which is coaching
0: and now matchmaking. Lisa has a big smile on her face sitting in the studio. Because, because you know what?
2: I was waiting for that punchline. Cause that really, essentially, that's I mean, that's what I believe. You found you. You found the love yep. for yourself. You found passion in what you're doing. And people need to take away from this, I hope, the idea that you don't have to find love in other people. You don't have to find happiness in others. Find it within yourself and that You person, won't find you it won't in know. other people. Nobody and,
1: can make you happy.
2: And then if you meet the right person out there that's your soulmate that you're meant to be with, that person becomes a compliment to who you are. They don't complete you. They just complement your strengths and what you want to do. And, and I love that you found yourself through that journey. That's so powerful. Thank you. Anna.
0: So I'm curious to know, for both of you, Lisa and Cheryl, you have a, a client who comes to you with this tremendous burden of anger and resentment and bitterness. How do you help them get through that, get over that hump, so that they can get to a place where they start feeling happy and open and, you
2: know, exuding positive energy? I mean listen, in my private practice, I, I see these type of people a lot, both men and women who are struggling, you know, it's it's really about validating their pain, and helping to, to understand where they are in life, and then helping them set goals for the future. And I practice cognitive behavioral therapy in my practice, helping them set timelines and, and achievements that they'd like to do, looking at long term and short term goals, and both emotionally, physically, spiritually, that's the that's the piece that I do. And I find that people respond very well to it. And sometimes sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to get their feet back on the ground but that's okay there's no timeline as long as their their incentive is that they want to be happy it might take them a little bit longer. Some people bounce back quickly, but as long as they're, they have the right attitude, I feel we can really get people back on track.
0: And Cheryl, what do you counsel your clients?
1: Well, you know, very similar, and, and I don't have the same, you know, the exact same kind of background that you have. Actually, uh, thank you, I bow to you <laughs> on this. But it's basically the same thing, but it's, it's definitely something that I go right to that anger, and it's not getting them anywhere. And they have to kind of really... Cleanse themselves of it. And that's one of the things, you know, I always talk about love coaching is very much like being a stylist. And I talk about, you know, when we get dressed, and I start from you have to wash your hair and do your personal grooming, and then you put on your bra and underwear, and then you put on your clothes, and then you put on your accessories. And that's basically the same thing about relationships dating start off by getting rid of all the the negative dirty hair and wash it out of yourself and really clean yourself up then put on your bra and underwear or your little whiteies, and 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 get perky and put out that energy that people don't see but they feel they know that it's there and then you do the dressing. And then you put on the accessories, which is, you know, that that bling that that attracts people to you. So there, there's different levels to it. And, and I think, first and foremost, people have to kind of look at not only the, the anger, but then I try and bring them to what was positive. And what did you learn from the
0: negative? Where is the piece of the puzzle that was the learning experience Lisa, so you and I always talk about that how we can always take from our past from our past experiences from even negative things that have happened and use them to move us forward in everything life. That's has it.
2: meaning every single experience and high and low and strength and vulnerability has meaning so to look at all of them, I think is essential
1: and the same thing in the dating world um, I, I really work a lot with people who are in that and I go okay what didn't you like about this relationship okay that's the negative. Let's take it positive. Positively, what are you not going to allow to happen in your dating world in the next relationship? And, you know, that's how you build your boundaries and, and your standards for what you want in your life. And then don't let anybody change those.
0: Cheryl, you are a wealth of information oh, and inspiration <laughs> and we want to thank you so much for being our guest, uh, for being on the other side of the mic with us tonight. Uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you for dating, for coaching? Uh, through
1: solointhecity.tv, or they can reach me at info at TV. also on Facebook. And I do have an 800 number. You can reach me at 844-744-SOLO. I love when people reach out to me and being able to help them right then and there. If Let's I repeat can. that number so people can write it down. It's
2: 844-744-SOLO. Amazing. That's fantastic. Thank you, Cheryl, for Thank coming in. Thank you again for being Thank with
0: you, us. And don't forget to listen to Solo in the City every Saturday night from 10 to 11 o'clock.